Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Today we have a crazy revenge story against a short-term partner. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, what happened to me when I got into a wrong circle? I had a strange way of keeping to myself since I was a kid, and I wasn't surprised when I grew up into an 18-year-old female who had spent a better part of her life as a loner. I have always liked it that way until I got to my last grade in high school. Do you know what comes from being free and grown? Well, here are my lessons from being free and grown. I had sincerely thought enjoying my company was cool and safe. I got to avoid drama from other people. That perception didn't change until I met a girl I'll call G. It became a heck of a ride for the both of us as she practically made me her handbag, meaning she took me around the school at will. I didn't object. Why would I? I was enjoying the attention we gave each other. For the first time, I was truly giving my heart to someone else. I enjoyed it, maybe a little too much for a loner like me. For a long time, I had gone to the canteen all by myself and I also returned by myself. I said hello to my classmates and random students around the school, but that was the only thing I had. So when I said I enjoyed how I could go with G to the canteen and join in conversations around the school, I didn't spill a lie. There were days I paused to reflect on how I evolved into such a young lady who loved to start a random conversation or continue a discussion because I should. I was living in a free world and G was my compass to that world. But there was a problem. G had other best friends who weren't me. Time and again we all hung out together and such times were good. But deep down, I didn't want to be caught in such a crowd, but G was making me go against my rules, or was it me who enjoyed the different personalities I got to meet? With time, I got used to the other friends I'd made through G, and I thought I'd built a haven with my girls. I thought so because we all became inseparable until I realized that I was the only loyal one in the circle. They like to refer to me as the smartest one in the circle, but I didn't quite appreciate the title because they came with responsibilities I wasn't ready to shoulder. I mean, I carried the burden of getting all of our assignments done and making sure that our notes were up to date. Then there were days I got to entertain examination malpractice so that I could please these girls. Don't raise your eyebrows at me yet or blame me. I had spent 18 years of my life alone, and I had thought giving myself a chance to experience the magic that friendship brings won't hurt so much. I was wrong. It turned out that I was the magic I was looking for in other people. I started to consider going back into my shell when they started coercing me into allowing them to copy my examination booklet during tests, especially the impromptu tests. When I didn't allow them, they tried to gaslight me into accepting that I was the reason they failed such a test woefully. I didn't know what to do, so I would end up dancing to their tunes just so everyone could go home happily at the end of the term. My first friend G, too, didn't make things easy for me. I used to think that she was my personal friend, but it became glaring that she was the queen bee in the circle, and as such, she belonged to everybody. Still, I expected some level of loyalty from her because she was the first person I gave the best friend spot. Unfortunately, it turned out that I was just another addition to her circle of friends when she started to ignite hatred from the girls towards me. 
It started with a subtle plea to have me finish up an exam for her right in the exam hall. She had prepped me before the exam started. What she wanted was for me to finish my exam very fast, after which she would carefully pass her script to me while I gave her mine. Her reason was she dreaded the subject and she didn't like the teacher. She had it all figured out much to my displeasure. You know, she was bad in the game because it was not her first time. But I wasn't bad like that in that game, or any game at all. I remember I didn't buy into the idea. I knew we would get caught, and it was obvious that we had. CCTV cameras staring deeply into our core, even our souls. So why would she want us to risk such an act? Besides, I'd been warned by the management on different occasions to desist from the funny acts I'd been putting up with my girls, as the vice principal referred to the circle. I had told G about the warning, so I was so surprised that she would bring up such a suggestion, despite knowing what was at stake. Well, I told her I wouldn't risk not graduating, so she should count me out. But knowing G, she felt she could cajole me right in the exam hall, but I gave her a shocker. What I did was storm out of the exam hall as soon as I finished, even though I knew I would have preferred to stay back and go over my work for a long time, like I always did anytime I finished early. After the exams, I went ahead and apologized to G, even though it wasn't my fault that she didn't prepare as expected. I wasn't shocked when G walked away from me and the rest of the circle followed. I was left standing under a flowery tree like a fool. Weeks later, I wasn't surprised when I saw that I'd been alienated from the circle and I was so grateful that I would finally take a breather. But I couldn't take a breather as I began to notice signs of subtle hostility and side whispers whenever I passed by them or other students around the school. It wasn't long before I found out that G had been inciting hatred against me. I went from being a sweetheart to being a villain fast. It was so obvious that a lot of people couldn't hide the unpleasant look on their faces towards me, and I felt weird about the situation. You know that weird feeling that comes with feeling and living alone just because some girl dished out false information about you? Those days brought keen memories of my loner days when I didn't have to worry about determining someone else's grades at school. I remember a particular girl who was so interested in making friends with me in grade 9. Her motivation was that I looked like a mystery that needed to be unraveled. When I recollected those episodes, I had a smile on my lips. I remember vividly how much she was ready to serve me. She would secure a table for me at the canteen, get my lunch, and chat happily with me while I ate. With her, I didn't have to do too much or try to make her academics my responsibility. She was just a pure soul who came to me at the wrong time in my life. Well, needless to say, the friendship didn't sail. When she realized she couldn't get me out of my shell, she began to withdraw slowly. Looking back now, that girl made me feel like the price, and it is so ironic that all that had changed. In those moments, I wished I could take back the hands of time. I couldn't blame myself for living in the past because I could see how much havoc G had wrecked on my person. One day, something that would spur my next line of action happened at the canteen. Like every other student, I had gone into the canteen to eat my lunch as quietly as I could. All I wanted to do was eat and move on with the rest of my day. I was lucky to get a free table at my favorite spot, but I didn't know when a student stood right in front of me. This boy was known for uncouth behavior and unkind words, and I'd tried my reasonable best to stay away from him, but there he was with his broad chest heaving heavily and demanding that I... Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... 
there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. They keep the table for him. First, I was startled because no one had ever made such a demand to me in the school, and I was also surprised at his audacity. I asked him why he thought I would do that. He told me he was sick and he needed to stay away from the air conditioning, hence his decision to use that spot. I told him he could take other spots or he could share with me, but he wouldn't consider any of my suggestions. In a twinkling of an eye, before I could prepare to evade him, I saw him plunge at me like an angry lion. Thanks to other students who stopped him just in time, I didn't know what would have transpired. As he was dragged away, I could hear the nasty things he said to me. He called me a traitor, a selfish person, and someone who deserved no friends. I tried to hold back my tears because I was so confused about the whole scenario. I felt beaten and defeated, and worst of it all, alone. A random boy whom I had no relationship with had been used to cause me public ridicule. I felt ridiculed because I could see some people giggling and nodding in agreement as if I deserved what I got. I stepped out and I ran as fast as my legs could take me. If anyone wanted a show, they should go to the cinema. I knew I couldn't go to the classroom, so I went to the toilet. I locked myself in there and I cried my eyes out. I was ready to quit the school because I was tired of defending myself. All I wanted was peace. I stayed alone for a long time, unknown to me that I'd been summoned by the school's principal. When I got wind of the information, I reported to her office as fast as I could. At the principal's office, I met the boy who had bullied me at the canteen and a host of other teachers and staff canteens. I was flushed with embarrassment because I'd put that ugly scenario in the past as soon as it happened. Then, I knew the gathering was meant to revisit the issue. The principal gave me a warm look and I could see that she felt pity for me. If I could read her mind, she might have said, poor little thing. I, on the other hand, didn't want any pity. I just wanted to get back home and have a warm bath. But it seemed as though the issue at hand was going to be longer than I thought. It was in the principal's office that I learned that that boy was G's boyfriend and he had only acted that way because he was coerced to embarrass me in front of everyone. How ridiculous! At that point, the principal wanted to know what transpired between G and I. I smiled shyly. I knew I could have saved my friend, but I chose not to. 
I chose to pay her back in her coins as I narrated everything she and her friends had done to me. To my surprise, the punishment was decided quickly. Both G and her beloved boyfriend were asked to repeat the school year. But first, the school's management said they had to go home to their parents to cool off. Now, I'm not sure where in the world this took place, but I would be shocked if there's like any kind of punishment that a place would take where they say, okay, you've bullied another kid too much. As a punishment, you're just going to have to redo the whole school year. I mean, that's a pretty hefty punishment. I mean, you're basically sentencing these kids to giving up another year of their life. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy crazy stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, I exposed my sister's cheating boyfriend. My twin sister, 22-year-old female, and I, 22-year-old male, went to the same community college. It was just far enough that it was inconvenient for our parents to come over every week, but close enough that we could make the trip home if we felt like it. Our family was a close-knit one, and our parents always wanted to be involved in every aspect of our lives. That was one of the reasons why they strongly recommended, practically forced, that we go to the community college a few towns away. We have two older siblings and we were very close, but I was closest to my twin sister Jolene. It's true what they say about twins having this unbreakable bond, because no matter what she did to me or how many times we fought, she has remained my best friend till now. She looked out for me all the time, even when I didn't want her to and I have to say, she has kept me from getting hurt so many times. I do the same for her too. In fact, this entire story is about me trying to do the same for her. During our sophomore year after the summer holiday, Joe was going through a rough patch. She had just ended things with her boyfriend since high school. His name is Alex, 23-year-old male. He's a pretty solid guy. Alex wanted to go to an out-of-country art school, but his parents were against the idea. He applied to our college just to make them happy, but he also applied to the art school. When he didn't get a reply from the art school for a while, he decided to come with us to the college. We thought the application he submitted was rejected, but the interesting thing was that he didn't even receive a rejection email. Eventually, while in school, he decided to send an email to confirm with the school if they'd gotten his application. When they replied, they said that they did, and they'd already sent a reply saying that he was accepted into the art school. It must have gotten lost in the mail, but they sent a new one, and he got admission into the art school of his dreams. It was nothing short of a miracle. Everyone was happy for him, but when it was time to discuss logistics, Joe and Alex realized that they couldn't work with him out of the country, and they had to break up. Joe was pretty shattered. Alex was her first and only boyfriend ever. They'd been dating since high school freshman year, and he was the closest person to her after me. I tried to be there for her, but there was only so much I could help with. The grieving process is not written in stone, and sometimes you don't know what to do exactly. Besides, I couldn't relate to what she was going through. I had never been in a relationship then. I've had crushes, but never fell as deeply in love as she did. I guess she has the bigger heart. Anyway, her grieving process went on for over four months, and during this time, I was pretty much in charge of helping her do everything, from cleaning her room and doing the laundry to helping her with homework projects. But after that three months, there was a sudden change. I remember being in the living room of our shared apartment with our group of friends. Adam, Camille, and some other girl who hung out with Adam. Then Joe walked into the house. The fact that she even went out in the first place was kind of a surprise. She rarely stepped out of the apartment since the breakup, but that wasn't the only surprise. She was smiling. 
She had this twinkle in her eyes that I hadn't seen in over four months. I had to ask her what was going on. At first, she said it was nothing, but owing to the fact that Adam and Camille knew how gloomy she'd been over the past few months, they also asked what was going on. Eventually, she told us that she met a guy when she went to get some groceries. His name is Cabe. He was one of the customers, and they talked. He was really cute and charming. He asked for her number, and he was taking her out the next Friday. Naturally, I wanted to know who the guy was, and besides, I thought it was a bit early to jump into something else after just leaving a relationship of almost four years. But Joe said it wasn't really serious. He was just friendly, and she wanted to get to know him. Even though I had my reservations about her going out with someone else so soon, I was happy she was finally smiling again. Friday came and she went out with the mystery guy. When she got back, she had a lot to say about how charming and gentle he was with her. Eventually, she said they were going out again the next Friday, the second date in two weeks. They were moving fast, but she was happy. I wasn't looking to be the voice of reason and take that away from her. The next few weeks went on like that, with Joe being on the phone every day and then going out during the weekend on dates. After two months of this, they finally became official. That was when I told her that I wanted to meet him. We all invited our friends over to hang out in our place, and she also invited Cabe, so we could all meet him at once. As soon as he arrived and I saw him, I knew there was something off about him. Maybe it was the way he was dressed, or his overall style, but I wasn't feeling him. When Joe mentioned sweet and charming, I was expecting a nerd type of guy with the glasses and all. I mean, that's her type. That's who Alex was. But Cabe was entirely different. He was a textbook bad boy, with the hair and clothes and everything. He even had a bike. I'd known Joe forever. There was no way that Cabe guy was her type, and I wasn't the only one that noticed it. When he left, Adam and Camille asked me the same question that had been running through my mind. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. What was going on with Joe? When she got back, we told her that Cabe wasn't good for her. She said she knew that we'd make that decision, but she really liked him and that we should respect her decisions. I said okay, but I wasn't planning on doing that. Aside from his looks, there are other things he did that made me feel wary of him. Whenever he received texts on his phone, he looked around, and he only texted back when Joe wasn't in the room. Even his point of view on some topics we were discussing was just suspicious. I decided to respect Joe's wishes as she wanted me to, but it didn't mean I didn't look into him. We majored in literature, so one day I went to the literature hall to ask around about him. I talked to some of the girls, and they told me what I was already suspecting. Cave was a womanizer. He talked to and messed around with multiple girls at once. He even did it to some of the girls in the class. I wanted to tell Joe immediately, but I knew her. When she loves someone, it's very difficult to make her see reason. The only way I could do it was to present cold, hard evidence to her. So, I enlisted the help of Adam and my other friend Jason. I stylishly asked Joe where he lived and when she told me, we put him on surveillance. We took turns staking out his house whenever Joe wasn't there. If he was seeing some other girl, 
That was how we were going to catch him. The first few days didn't lead to anything. The only thing we learned was that staking out a person's house was way more tiresome and boring than they made it seem in the movies. Even when we were taking turns by the day to watch his house, we couldn't really watch him in school because we also had our lives to lead and classes to attend, but it was still very tiring. We wanted to give up, but just before we did, we found something. It was one Tuesday in school. Adam and I were sitting on a park bench watching Cabe, who was on the other side of the park. He was working on his laptop and only stopped when a girl approached him. They talked for a while before he packed his laptop and left with her. We followed them behind till they got a cab. We got our own cab too and by the time they got to their destination, I realized that the house belonged to the girl. They walked in and we couldn't follow. Instead, we went around the house after a while to peek through the window. That was when we confirmed what I already knew. Cabe was making out with the girl in her bedroom. I placed my phone on the window without making any noise, and when I got about one minute of video, we left. I went straight home to show Joe the video. She was devastated. Cabe had told her that the girl was his cousin, and they went to school together. She said she called a lot because his mom told her to check in on him in school every time. She cried so hard for days, and when Cabe tried to come over to change her mind about breaking up with him, things almost got physical between us. That same day, I swore that I was going to make him pay for what he did to her. I enlisted the help of Adam and Jason to help me carry out this plan. Even Camille was eager to help. We brainstormed together for hours because everything we were thinking of was way too violent, and they'd surely land us in jail. Eventually, we came up with a good plan. We were going to give him the scare of his life. On the day of our plan, Camille was tasked with watching him leave the house in the morning. She stayed on him till he was in school, and then she called us. We went to his apartment and went in through the fire escape. We were wearing black and gray hoodies with ski masks. We went with gel blaster pistols and sprayed all black for the added fear effect. Then we settled in the apartment and waited for him to get back. When he did in the evening, we grabbed him and quickly tied him up. We stuffed his mouth with socks and underwear we found in his laundry basket and proceeded to shatter everything he owned while he watched. Jason had his gel blaster gun pointed to his head, and the formerly cool Cabe was shaking like a leaf in winter. He even peed his pants once or twice. When we had properly destroyed his apartment, we took the key to his motorcycle and drove it to the middle of nowhere, then burnt it. That was the last step. The next few days, Cabe didn't come to school. I hung around his classes to check. Then I asked one of his classmates who was kind of close with him. I was told that he was hospitalized and he dropped out of school afterward. This was years ago and we haven't heard from him since. So can we all agree that this story very quickly went from wow OP such a good sibling watching over them to immediately some crazy psycho stuff that's not just OP but their whole friend group? I'm just surprised that they managed to make friends that would be down to do that kind of stuff. I guess for their sakes I hope they wore gloves. Sounds like they got away with it. Our next story is how I dealt with my girlfriend of a few months. Falling in love is ever so easy. The hardest part is what is yet to come. For most people, which is part of breakups, a vast majority of people who tend to get into relationships are never prepared for the worst, which in most cases is the total fallout of both parties due to a fault of one or the other. And in most cases, this is always the case. And in others, it's both parties that are at fault for the fallout of both parties and ultimately the relationship. 
My case was one where it was the fault of one party, and the events that built up to that moment is what formed the building block of the reason behind my story. Basically, the whole story is just about how my ex of a few months back had really messed up with my mental health, and really left me in shambles. My life had really taken a turn for the worst, and this was all because of the way I was treated in said relationship. I knew I most definitely could have done better, that's for sure, but the one thing I couldn't place or wrap my head around was the fact that it didn't dawn on me much sooner the fact that the relationship at the time was doing more harm to me than it was doing good. At the time, I was just hungry for attention and a sense of belonging to someone. I guess she didn't feel the same, which was what led her to do what she did, engage in actions and activities that she was very well aware could cause the end of our relationship, one that she knew I was overly invested in. My girlfriend, 18, and I, 21, were relatively new to the dating and relationship space, as we both had never imagined ourselves ever being in a committed and serious relationship, such as the one we both had found ourselves in, and this majorly attributed to the fact that we both had strong reason to believe that people weren't worth the effort we put in. We both had come to the case conclusion due to the fact that our experiences with people weren't of the best nature. But this didn't stop either one of us from giving it a shot, as right from the get-go, we both felt something right from the very first day we met each other. The story behind how we met would forever remain as funny as ever, but what I would say cracks me up every single time is how we agreed right then and there, on the spot where we had met, that we both should get into a relationship, as I felt our vibes matched, and it seemed like she really understood me. Someone I had just met, we were relatively strangers at that point. The only thing I knew about her was the fact that she was a girl, a few years younger than I was, and her name also. Let's call her Janice. Janice and I quickly hit it off, and this was because I met her at a gaming convention when one was held not too far from where I lived. She immediately caught my attention as she was relatively the only girl I'd seen in quite a while that was genuinely interested in being there, and not for any other reason but just for the fact that she actually found it interesting, and she was really interested. I just couldn't but hold myself back from approaching her and basically introducing myself. Even at first glance, she seemed very receptive, and maintaining a healthy and reasonable conversation was possible due to this fact. She told me about how she had started gaming quite a few years back, and that she'd only just heard that there was actually a gaming convention around, and this really piqued her interest. I tried my best to know what she preferred, as I was really observant of the fact that she was putting on some gaming mercy, and it just so happened to be my favorite game. And to my greatest surprise, she had next to identical gaming preferences as I did. It was right then and there that I abruptly said for her to be mine, and she immediately said yes. I was taken aback first off, This was due to the fact that I never expected her to agree to something like that, or even outrightly accept my offer. I thought at the time that she was just saying what she thought I wanted to hear, and I even dared to say it again. But she was actually serious as she grabbed my phone right from my hands as she put in her digits. This was a first for me, and I didn't even know what to say right after, or even how to react. And at the time, it didn't seem like she did either. 
as she immediately turned away as she covered her face feeling shy and all. This was our very first encounter, and even right after the convention, I still went back home thinking about the encounter I'd just had at the convention, and I was supposed to go to this very convention with my best friend, but he had a family trip to go on on that same weekend, and he couldn't just cancel on his family, even though I know for a fact that he very much wanted to go, as we'd both gotten our tickets two months before the day of the convention itself. So right after I got back, I immediately called him, just to get him up to speed on what had happened at the convention, who had I met and all. After giving him the entire gist of the whole matter, he was extremely baffled at the fact that something like that had happened, as he'd always been telling me that he'd always wanted to meet a girl who was genuinely interested in the same things as he was, or in this case, as we were. I was feeling so very proud of myself for the way I handled the entire situation, but at this point, I had little to no idea as to what I needed to say, or even how to start a basic conversation. I stared at the screen for quite a while as I was still confused, and then I finally sent a text, the very first thing that came to my mind basically, and then almost as if she'd been waiting for my text, she replied with immediate effect. I was genuinely surprised. Our conversation was flowing as easily as anything I'd ever done in my life. With her, I didn't feel the need to even stress myself too much for me to feel understood, as right from the moment I conversed with her, I already knew she understood me, and there was no need for the extra work to feel understood. I could say for a fact that this was the quickest I've ever felt the need to be in a relationship, and also the longest I'd ever stayed in a relationship. She was always genuinely supportive and receptive of and for me. Basically, at some point, I realized that we weren't actually together in a relationship, but she was already making me feel so welcome and all, and I would have been a fool if I hadn't noticed this. I just didn't want to mess up our friendship at the time, and I slowly but surely began to drop hints about the both of us getting into a relationship. She was definitely up for this, as she showed positivity towards this, towards us. She was one of the only people that I've ever felt genuine love and the need to reciprocate said love for, and I must say that in under a few weeks, after getting to know each other properly and on a more mutual level, I actually came clean with my feelings for her, and she was also really ecstatic in saying yes. We immediately knew right then and there that we were made to be partners for each other. And even in times where some of our other friends would question our feelings for each other, albeit the fact that they've known her for quite some time, it didn't stop me from truly expressing how much I truly loved her. And there was no doubt about how much she loved me too, or so I had naively imagined. Things between the both of us were quite literally perfect. There is no other word I can use to describe it, but ultimately, nothing is ever truly perfect, as there must always be flaws. And where there are no flaws to be found, that means they are so well hidden, so much so, that it has become all the more impossible for you to discover them. It just goes to show you how much secrecy your partner wants, and how little said partner cares for the relationship. I was always of the ideology that we were definitely going to get into a quarrel, but we never did. I was always feeling a bit insecure about our relationship after we were about a whole month and a half in, and this was majorly due to the fact that she was one of the most heavenly looking ladies I've ever come across. And I know for a fact that other men would have definitely have been captivated by her beauty, just as I was. But at the time I couldn't find anything and is as a hit thankful because she didn't realize that I was skeptical about our entire relationship. But there was one very day where I would say that she slipped up a bit, 
and this was where everything finally came into the limelight. I had already given up on trying so hard to prove her wrong because I felt that this was definitely toxic behavior and it could most definitely breach the trust between the both of us. Then I came across a text from a strange number. Apparently this was someone that claimed to know her very well and the same person claimed that she was in a relationship with them and they've been in one for the past four years. I just got dumbfounded. I didn't know what to say or even how to react. The one thing I could say to the person was to meet up, because apparently the person was not staying too far from where I lived. We met up at the closest bar we could find, as it was late in the evening that day, and I really wanted to get to the root of things. The person I came across was someone of a much different age group. He was in his mid-30s, and he looked like he was already a fully settled and established man. From the looks of things, I could tell that she only needed him for his money, but I just couldn't tell what I was for. We talked at length about what was really going on and what the next step to take was. Then I suggested something. I really wanted her to feel what me and this stranger were feeling, so I told him to invite her over for dinner at a really fancy restaurant. Basically, let her order as much as she wanted and then stand her up. And then I would also walk into the same restaurant, and instead of helping her out, I would just then and there walk out on her, while she was left to do whatever it was the restaurant saw fit. It seemed like quite the elaborate plan, but it all went according to plan as if it were a play. After the whole incident, she never called the other guy again, as she was locked in the restaurant to work for her meal for a whole day. And when she was finally let out, she came on over to my place to basically pour out how she felt. But I turned her down at the door, and that made her all the more angrier than she was prior to coming to my place. And this gave me serious joy. But in the long run, I was truly heartbroken, and I really found it hard to ever trust anyone, or as the case may be, a woman. Well, it's certainly sad to hear that OP used this experience as a reason to say, I don't know if I can ever trust a woman again, but I can imagine after having an experience like that, how it would be hard for you to get into a relationship again and not have some serious insecurities or fears of such a thing happening again, especially when it was your first relationship too. Poor guy. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.